Uh, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Detroit Sports Weekly on Detroit.TheMajors.net. I am Adam Hernandez. Once again with me tonight is Eric Gilson, 734-259-4941 is the number to call in, or you can text it in at 734-273-9982. Um, leave us feedback on our Facebook page as well, facebook.com slash TheMajorsX. Uh, we've got uh, we've got quite a bit to talk about, so I'm just going to go ahead and get right into it right after um, I give you our fan question. Our fan question this week is, do you think Osgood, Chris Osgood, should have his number retired? And we'll go ahead and get to that in a little bit. Um, we're going to be taking you to about 7.30 as we uh, lead you into Grouty Radio coming up uh, at 8 o'clock over on TheMajors.net. Uh, other than that... Um, I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna get in much with the with the weekend rundown because still we have the Tigers taking on the, uh, the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim for a four game series at Comerica Park. It's gonna be another big series. Uh, so again, that's what's going on this week with your Detroit Tigers. Um, other than that, I'm gonna get in right. I'm gonna get in with the Tigers. Although, Eric, how, how you doing? First of all. I, I didn't. See, I didn't see how you're doing. I'm doing all right. I'm, so I'm you're, hanging in there. Saw so you're a busy man today over on our uh, national site's Facebook page, updating all, all the uh, all the NFL news. <laughs> yep, all the NFL uh, free agent signings. And I'm getting my fix. Yeah, your long fix that uh, that was uh, that's all kind of being wrapped into one right now. One week of one week of fun. It's like smoking a Jeffrey right now. <laughs> Um, other than that, well, if you want, if you want those NFL updates, uh, head over head to the national site. Yeah, head on over to the national site, uh, our national Facebook page, facebook.com slash TMSNX, and you'll be able to get a ton of, uh, up to the, up to date NFL free agent news, um, free agent signings, whatever. Um, it's all right there. So make sure you, uh, like us right there. You can follow us on Twitter, um, at TMSNX. And uh, you just go from there. And just keep that up. So, other than that, though, I'm going to get into some Tigers today. Um, or to start the show out. Uh, today was kind of a disappointing day with the Tigers. They drop the rubber match with the uh, with the Chicago White Sox 2-1. to one. Uh, They couldn't get their bats going. They were swinging and everything. John Danks had 10 strikeouts today. They lose the series two games to one of the Chicago White Sox. And quite frankly, this is a game they have no business losing. You have Max Scherzer, you're the second guy, presumably your second best pitcher in the rotation going. Um, you can't get him any run support. The White Sox pretty much raised the white flag today by, for some reason, they trade away Edwin Jackson. And Tigers fans are familiar with Edwin Jackson because he was here uh, last Actually, two seasons ago. Wait, no, this last season. Never mind. They trade away Edwin Jackson to the Toronto Blue Jays, who in turn flip him over to the St. Louis Cardinals. And quite frankly, I don't know what the reasons were behind Kenny Williams, the GM of the Chicago White Sox, trading away Edwin Jackson. Quite frankly, he was one of their better pitchers this season. 
Uh, I don't know if they think they're going to get something out of out of Jake Peavy, but Jake Peavy is done. Injuries have have pretty much put an end to what we used to from what Jake Peavy was in uh, in San Diego. Jake Peavy is no longer that is no longer that pitcher anymore. I have no idea why they end up uh, they end up trading away Edwin Jackson. Like I said, he is uh, he was one of their better pitchers this season after Mark Burley. I uh, and right now the White Sox uh, they win the series. They gain another game on uh, I, I believe they're only three back right now from the division lead. Um, the Tigers are really not doing themselves any favors. The Tigers should be running away with this division. Why? Because you have the Cleveland Indians who have the fifth lowest payroll in Major League Baseball. Uh, they get no hit today by Irvin Santana and the Los Angeles Angels. They can't score a run to save their life. And you have you have the Chicago White Sox presumably raising the white flag by trading away one of their pieces to their starting rotation. It's it's absolutely it, the Tigers have no excuses right now not to win this division. You have to figure that there is going to be hell to pay if the Tigers do not come out on top in the AL Central. Mike Gillich even said it the other day. He has his sights set on the division title. He and this is this is this is pretty much what what Mike Gillich said this week at the uh, at the Chris Draper retirement press conference. Said he's no spring chicken. He's not a rookie. And he said you could you you could take whatever it is you want out of that. What I take from that is the Tigers need to start winning this season. They need to get to the playoffs this season, given this given the division that they're in. Because no other team seems to be interested. Nobody seems to be interested to take to take the AL Central. Like I said, you have the White Sox, and who knows what else is gonna happen with the White Sox. We've got the trade deadline coming up this Sunday. Uh, the White Sox have already started becoming sellers, trading away uh, Edwin Jackson and Mark Tian for Jason Frazier and Zach Stewart. And here's and here are the numbers on on uh, on um, Edwin Jackson: three point nine two ERA, which isn't great, but it's sub four, which I believe only Justin Verlander on the Detroit Tigers has a sub four ERA. Uh, 7.2 strikeouts per game or per nine innings, 2.9 base on balls per nine innings, 0.59 home runs per nine innings, and a 46.9 ground ball rate and 121 in two thirds innings. Um, again, you tell me. 734-259-4941. What do you think? What do you think about all this right now? Did the Tigers have no other choice? But to win this division, are there are 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 the excuses fresh are out at this point? Because I think they are. And next up, the the White Sox have uh, the Boston Red Sox coming um, to take on. And like I said, the the Tigers have uh, the Angels. So it's really no uh, it's no easy task for both teams. But you have to assume that the White Sox have the have to have the tougher team in hand in the in the Red Sox. Without question. Um, 
we see the uh you know we we're right now with the tigers we are we are right in the middle of uh of trade rumors happening with this team um this past week or last week they uh they did make a move by acquiring Wilson Bediment from the uh Kansas City Royals and in turn they uh they designate Brandon Inch for assignments and that was made official yesterday when he made his debut or not really his debut but he reported to Toledo and started at third base for the Mudhens had a great game I believe he ended up uh I have it right here in front of me uh Brandon Inch ended up uh being the reason why the Mudhens won last night's game and and, and that's fine. That's that's great. I mean, if, if for Inge's sake, if he could go down there, turn his game around, and be a uh, and be a September call up for the Tigers, then then that's fine. Whatever. But to tell you the truth, I could care less if Brandon Inge is never on the twenty five, or I couldn't care less if Brandon Inge isn't on the 25, 25 man roster ever again. I was never a Brandon Inge fan. This guy had to have been one of the most overrated Tigers. You've been saying that for like the past five years. In Detroit. I know. And it's and it's true. It is absolutely true. Brandon Inge is one of the most overrated overrated Tigers in the franchise's history. But his defensive abilities. Oh, it? yeah. His defensive abilities. Yeah. Up until this season. And that's the only thing. That is the only thing that was keeping Brandon Inge... On this 25-man roster, where his his defensive capabilities, his glove, and then other people throw. Oh, but he's such a nice guy. He's such a nice guy. He's such a he's such a good guy in the community. He's such a team guy. Yeah, this is the same guy that that went out and bitched and moaned when they went out and got uh, Pudge Rodriguez. This is the same guy that went out there and bitched and moaned when they got Miguel Cabrera. Now, you would think a team guy would go out there and, and be happy that the team is going out there and trying to make things better. But no, Brandon, you know what Brandon Inge is all about, Eric? What is that, Adam? Brandon Inge is all about Brandon Inge. That's what Brandon Inge is all about. Sure, you know what? You know, you know the only reason why he loves Detroit? You know the, why, the only reason why he loves the Tigers? It's because he knows that this is the only place in the major leagues where he could he could go out and he could be a starting third baseman up until last week. He knows that if he was on any other team or just about any other team in Major League Baseball, that he would be in the minors or out of baseball altogether. Adam, look what he just did in the minors. He went three for four with a home run. Oh, man. Yeah, getting your chops. He's getting called back up. Yeah, getting served those soft serves. You know, it's like they're playing slow pitch ball down there. Yeah, it's you know, and, and like I said, like I said, it, it, I, I hope I hope Brandon Inch for his sake gets things turned around down there because you know what, um, if he could if he could come up and help this team come September, then that then then great, whatever. But you know what, he sure as hell is going to be starting at third base. The Tigers solved that problem, thank God. Who is actually starting for third base now? Is it Don Kelly? No, Wilson Bediment. Oh, see, I'm not following baseball right now. NFL is back. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you're paying attention, though. 
Okay. <laughs> hey, I'm I'm updating our pages. I got more free agency news. So. I, d- I did see that. I did see that. Um, why don't you? Uh, I saw I saw that you posted something. Why don't you go ahead and update us on that real quick? Um. Well, first, and I'll just say what I just did on the Detroit side is. Um, yeah, go ahead. Nick Fairley came out and said he hopes to uh, sign his contract and be on camp on time, which is always a nice thing to hear. Yes, Cause, absolutely. Because, you know, if no one remembers, like I thought, like I said last year, is Sue missed like four days of camp. Calvin Johnson missed like two weeks of camp. But does no anyone remember that? Not anymore. Not after the season, especially that Sue had last year. So, yeah. and uh, this uh, Tampa signed their first round pick, uh, Adrian Claiborne, for a four year deal, eight point two million, fully guaranteed money. Forty uh, ers signed defensive end Ray McDonald on a five year, twenty million deal with seven million guaranteed. And here's an interesting one because we were talking about like Carlos Rogers when we were off the air. The Washington Redskins signed cornerback Josh Wilson to a three-year, $13.5 million with six guaranteed. Well, there you go. Um, you know, that Nick Fairley thing, obviously. Uh, he is in town, too. He is? He, yeah, he is in town. He is. Um, I heard that today, that uh, that he is in the Detroit area. And, um, you know, basically what you just mentioned, Eric, he hopes to uh, to get that rookie deal signed, wait, wait, sealed, and delivered. Which this new CBA, <laughs> uh, we can get this in the now. Yeah, we'll get this after the commercial break, after um, after the 7 o'clock hour comes and goes. Before so. I start getting too much into it. <laughs> but um, I'm going to I'm gonna finish up with this Tiger stuff, though. Um, like I said, you know... For me, it's good riddance to Brandon Inge, and that there's and that there's really no excuses for the Tigers not to win this division. After everything that has happened this week, after Cleveland getting no hit today, um, after the Tigers taking three of four from the Minnesota Twins this past weekend, and for the Chicago White Sox raising the white flag, the presumable the presumable white flag, after they traded away Edwin Jackson today. Um. With the White Sox, what's going on with Adam Dunn? Like, was it a big pickup? He, he, he can't hit. He can't. He can't let. He can't hit left-handed pitching, and he is. I don't know what's going on with Adam Dunn. To tell you the truth, I have no clue what's going on with Adam Dunn. Um, he he told Yahoo Sports a couple weeks ago that he was considering quitting. He's considering quitting the game. Um, that's not gonna. Ha- I don't think that's gonna happen. Um, I don't know though, Eric. I mean, it's it's one of those things where, um, with Adam Dunn, it's it's all between the ears right now with him, and that could be more damning than than a physical injury mm-hmm. for a player because a physical injury is something that you can get over. I mean, it's something you could get over as long as it's yeah, not serious. Like and a mental block. It's yeah. If you have a mental block, then you know there's no telling. I mean, a doctor could come out and tell you, okay. You've got a you've got a you've you've got a sprained ACL. You're going to be out for the next three weeks. Uh, with a with a mental thing, there's no telling how long that's going to. And Tigers fans can are can be very familiar with this as well. Um, Tigers fans, I'm sure remember Dontrell Willis. Dontrell, yeah, the D train. I mean, Dontrell Willis's problems. It wasn't it wasn't a physical problem with him. I mean at, at a time it was because I believe he did have some knee trouble. Wasn't it like his first game against the White Sox too when he injured himself? Mm, I don't know about that, but with Dontrell Willis it was 
it was pretty much all mental with him. He pretty much forgot how to pitch. That's what Dontrell Willis's problems were. And it all started his last season in, in, in Florida. Uh, but other than that, 734-259-4941 is the number to call in. Or you can text in at 734-273-9982. We're talking Tigers right now. Um, I, I've, I've made the, I made the, the declaration that it's, that there's no excuses for the Tigers not to win this division based off everything that's happened this past week in the AL Central. Uh, other than that though, like I said, uh, there's, uh, you know, the trade deadline is coming up this Sunday, um, January, or not January, but July 31st. Um, the Tigers are very, very, very much in line to, uh, to acquire an arm. Uh, whether it be a back-of-the-rotation guy, um, a middle-of-the-rotation guy, um, or a bullpen guy. I think that they're going to go off. They're going to sign. They're not going to set the world on fire with this signing um, or with this trade. They're going to go out and get a middle-of-the-road type guy to insert in their rotation to fill that fifth that fifth starter spot. Um, I don't think they're going to roll out with Dwayne Below. Um, they're not going to roll out, I believe, with Charlie Furbush or Andy Oliver. Uh, they're going to go out there, and the guys that are being mentioned right now, it seems like the suitors right now, or the, the guys that the Tigers are going after is Abaldo uh, Jimenez, Aaron Harang, um, Hiroki Kuroda. Uh, the one pitcher for Tampa, I want to say, Shields. James Shields. Yeah. Um, James Shields. James Shields is an interesting case simply because uh, Tampa Bay says he's not available. Okay. But I'll tell you what, if you go out, if the Tigers go out there and offer up Jacob Turner for James Shields, then that's going to get Tampa Bay listening on James Shields' trades. Um, And that might be one of the guys that I would offer up Jacob Turner for. One of those reasons is is because James James Shields isn't going to be a rental player. He's not going to be here for the next couple months, then bolt after this season. Uh... Aaron Harang, I think he's a guy that you could get relatively cheaper. I don't think you'll have to include a guy like Jacob Turner in a trade for Aaron Harang. The same thing goes for Hiroki Kuroda. Um, the thing with Hiroki Kuroda, though, is he does have a no-trade clause, and there's no telling whether or not he would waive that for to come to Detroit. And he's already he's already said that he likes pitching in L.A. And that there's uh, that there's a belief out there that after he if he is traded, he'll pitch for that team that acquires him at the deadline, bolt after the season's over, and go back to the Dodgers. So teams have to be very very careful in who they give up for Kuroda because he very well could bolt at the end of the season and go resign with the Los Angeles Dodgers. Abaldo uh, Jimenez is a guy that. Um, it seems like the Colorado Rockies are asking too much for Abaldo Jimenez. They're asking this based on the season that he had last year where he went 19-8. and eight. Um, He was basically untouchable the first half of last year, then trailed off after that. Now, I know, and this is something we talk about on Around the Diamond this past Monday, uh, but Abaldo Jimenez is a guy that I am not sold on one bit. I would not trade Jacob Turner for Baldo Jimenez. Not in the least bit. Um, simply because I think Baldo Jimenez is extremely unproven. And he could very well come in here and 
and pitch very, very well, especially since Comerica Park is a very, very uh, pitchers-friendly ballpark. Or he could come in here and totally suck. He could he could be like a Jared Washburn was last year, where he sucked prior to get injured. Uh, so I mean, Abaldo Jimenez is a guy that I wouldn't I, I wouldn't touch. The guys that I would go after, um, if they could get a deal done with James Shields, I mean, I wouldn't be extremely thrilled about trading Jacob Turner in there. But James Shields is a guy that I think is pretty proven in this league that he could go out there and. and uh, and pitch in a big league ball game. Um, Aaron Harang is another guy that I wouldn't mind going after simply because I don't think that you would have to give up a guy like Jacob Turner in order to get him. Um, he has been pitching very, very well in San Diego this season. And um, I'd be very careful with Hiroki Kuroda, but I would go after him simply because I think based off everything that has been said in the media about him wanting to uh, return or stay with the Dodgers. Uh, I believe that that's actually going to lower the asking price on him. So, um, again, those are the guys that I would go after. Um, another guy that I'm going to bring this up right now, so just bear with me here for for a second or two. But if the Tigers are really serious also about going out and getting bullpen help, uh, right now they have... And you could, you could see that the writing's on the wall, especially after they called up Chad, or Chance Rufin the other day and, uh, you know, put him out there against, against the White Sox in the first game of the last series. What they were doing is they were showcasing Chance Rufin, or Ruffin, or whatever it is you want to call it, uh, simply because they already have back of the rotation guys. They have Jose Valverde, who's their closer. They have Joaquin Benoit, who's their setup guy. They have Al Albuquerque, who was their seventh inning guy, or can go in in moonlight as a, as a setup guy if he needs to. Chance Rufin is a he was a closer in Toledo, and he the, the thing about him though is he was in Double A about a month ago, so he really had a fast track up to the twenty five man roster, um, and that was very very much a. Uh, a showcase game for him, and unfortunately for the Tigers, he didn't perform very well simply because it was it was a pressure situation. But whatever, whatever. You could see the writing on the wall though with the Tigers right now that they have to do something because they have too many lefties in the pen, too many late inning guys, and they need somebody in that rotation right now. But like I said, if they're gonna go out and if they're gonna go and try to get. Um, if they're going to go out and try and get a uh, somebody to fill in in the bullpen, um, there's a pitcher out there right now for um, for the Baltimore Orioles. Let me just let me get his name up here so I can get it right. Uh, let's see here. Just give me two seconds here. Give me two seconds, Eric. Okay. I'll give you three. Okay. Here we go. Koji Yo Yohira. <laughs> Koji Ihara. There we go. Koji Ihara. Excuse me. Not, you know how I am with names. I'm horrible at names. Um, this is a uh, relief pitcher with the uh, Baltimore Orioles. Very, very good, good pitcher. Um, get this. He's 36 years old. So he's, I mean, he's not a young guy, but he's one in one with a 1.84 ERA. 
and a .705 whip. That is pretty, pretty good. Now, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind in the least bit if the Tigers are going to go out and get this guy. I really, really like this guy. I like his numbers. And keep in mind, too, he's pitching with Baltimore in a tough division, pitching against the Tampa Bay Rays, the Toronto Blue Jays, who I think both, both those teams are pretty good teams, even though they're presumably out of this race. And they're also pitching against the New York Yankees and the uh, and the Red Boston Sox. Red Sox. So, and he has a and he has a he's a one and one record and a one point eight four ERA with a point seven oh five WHIP. Um, other than that, though, uh, you can keep it right on our website, uh, Detroit.TheMajors.net, for any updates on potential trades going on with the Detroit Tigers. Um, we're definitely going to be keeping up on that as the trade deadline gets closer and closer and closer this uh, this upcoming Sunday. So other than that, though, we're going to go ahead and take a quick commercial break. This is Detroit Sports Weekly on TMSNX, Detroit.TheMajors.net. We'll be right back. because I was just making money stealing cars. Well, I was 10 when I first got involved with drugs. I skipped school because, you know, nobody cared. When I first got pregnant, school was not important to me, so I dropped out. I just thought the only way I can make something out of my life is that if I get an education. I still need to go to school to make, make it for myself. Stay in school. Give yourself a chance. I think I'm happier now. I know I'm happier now. A public service message brought to you by the U.S. Army and the Ad Council. Carl Edwards here for RAD, the entertainment industry's voice for road safety. You want to make a difference? It's simple. Be responsible. Plan ahead. Designate before you celebrate. Friends don't let friends drive drunk. A public service message brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. People have all kinds of excuses for not saving energy. I didn't plug it in. I'll turn it off later. It's not my music. It's just one phone charger. So um, we don't have those Energy Star appliances. So that old window leaks. How much energy and money could the new ones really save? Maybe it's time to stop making excuses and start doing some simple things to save the energy and resources we can. Because a little here and a little there can add up to a lot later. And you just never know what people will need in the future. My name is Sarah. And I'm going to get started today. We can all help save more energy for tomorrow. What's your excuse? For more energy-saving tips that also save money, visit LoseYourExcuse.gov parents. 
This message is brought to you by the U.S. Department of Energy, the Ad Council, and the station. Hey everybody, Squirrel here reminding you to check out Detroit Grouty Radio every Wednesday night at 8 o'clock Eastern Time on Grouty.com or TheMajors.net or for download on iTunes or Stitcher. Come hang out with all your favorite lowlifes discussing everything gross, rowdy, nerdy, and dirty on Detroit's Grouty's radio station and one of iTunes' first 100 podcasts, Detroit Grouty Radio. This is Adam Hernandez with a Majors Sports Update. The Vikings and Redskins are in, a, are in trade discussions that would bring quarterback Donovan McNabb to Minnesota. A person with knowledge of the discussions told the Associated Press on Wednesday that no deal has been completed, but both sides are working to make it happen. The person requested an anonymity because the deal was still being negotiated. McNabb would have to agree to restructure the five-year, $78 million deal he signed with the Redskins because the Vikings don't have enough cap room to fit him in with what, with the way the deal is currently structured. FoxSports.com first reported the discussions. Pirates president Frank Coonley issued a statement Wednesday, a day after his team's 4-3 loss to the Braves in Atlanta that included a highly controversial call in the 19th inning. In doing so, Cooley and the Pirates filed a former complaint with the commissioner's office over umpire Jerry Mills' call that ended the game at Turner Field. The Pittsburgh Pirates organization is extremely disappointed by the way its 19-inning game against the Atlanta Braves ended earlier this morning. The game of the baseball... The game of baseball and this game in particular, filled with superlative performances by players in both clubs, deserved much better. We have filed a former complaint with the commissioner. That game ended up being the longest in Turner Field history, and it ended up getting over at 1.50 a.m. in the morning. Uh, The St. Louis Cardinals, who have faced pitching questions all the way back to spring trading, pulled off a three-team trade Wednesday to beef up their rotation with right-hander Edwin Jackson. The Cardinals sent Colby Rasmus and two relievers to Toronto, sacrificing a starting outfielder to get more pitching for the second straight year near the trade deadline. Last July, the Cardinals dealt right fielder Ryan Ludwig to the Padres in a three-team deal that brought them starter Jake Westbrook from the Indians. Jackson had been dealt to Toronto a few hours earlier by the White Sox, who has also sent utility player Mark T into the Blue Jays in exchange for reliever Jason Frazier and pitching prospect Zach Stewart. Jackson has been dealt seven times since being drafted by the Los Angeles Dodgers as a 17-year-old in 2001. For more, check out themajors.net. In the meantime, we'll get back to Detroit Sports Weekly on tmsnxdetroit.themajors.net. I am Adam Hernandez. All right, we're back. Troy Sports Weekly, everybody, 734-259-4941. Texting at 734-273-9982. Probably wondering why I'm, why I'm talking like this. Why, why am I talking? 
the NFL lockout is over. That's right, baby. It is over. So you know what we're going to be doing? We're going to be talking some Lions. Ooh. Eric. Yes. Like we just said, NFL lockout's over. NFL's back. Free agent signings have have already started. It's crazy. It is crazy right Man, now. They locked me up in that dungeon downstairs and made me keep on checking <laughs> the news and stuff. I actually um, got to see the light of day when I came up to do the show today. Well, <laughs> well uh, like I said, the, the Lions have already started um, making some news themselves. Um, today, signing quarterback Drew Stanton to a one-year deal. Uh, in terms of and, that... And John Wendelin, special teams ace. There we go. Um, also signing him to a contract as well. Terms of these uh, contracts, Eric, haven't been uh, haven't been discussed or anything like that, though, um, right? Just uh, the only thing that's known about the John Wendling contract is a little under $3 million. And I'm sure that Drew Stanton contract isn't worth a whole lot, considering that he's a third-string quarterback. He's a third-string quarterback, and he probably wouldn't be signed anywhere else in the National Football League. Well, uh, with that, well, he would probably be a practice squad guy. On any other team in the National Football League, yeah. Um, other than that, though, Eric, like I said, um, and another thing you mentioned uh, during the six o'clock hour there was that Nick Fairley, the Lions' first-round draft pick, thirteenth uh, overall, is in town. He is in town, and he's looking. He's hoping to um, get that rookie contract signed because he wants to be on camp on time. <laughs> and when does camp start? Friday. That starts tomorrow. No, Lions, I, Lions I start, game starts Friday. I think, I think it starts tomorrow. Oh. Pretty sure it starts tomorrow. Yeah, okay. Other than that, whatever. Yeah. I mean, it's tomorrow, tomorrow or Friday. Friday. Um, but we've already had players already start filing into Allen Park. Um, already starting to report to camp. We know Matthew Stafford's there. KVB is there. Cliff Averill. Uh, Cliff Averill's there. But Cliff Averill's another one of those interesting things is that uh, they still need to get him under contract as well. Yes, they do. He is a restricted free agent right now. I know Tom Kowalski has been reporting about this over on MLive.com, and we've been picking that up on Detroit.TheMajors.net. Um, and kind of a 180. Interesting that we bring up Cliff Averill. 180 kind of happened. Um, yesterday it was being reported that, a, that they were closing in on a contract with Cliff Averill. Um, but today it seemed like they're kind of putting Cliff Averill on a back burner. Um, they want to get they want to get their rookie signed. They want to get unrestricted free agent signed first because Cliff Averill he is a restricted free agent right now, um, and he he is a restricted free agent with a with a first round draft pick tendered um, attached to him. What that means is is if another team goes out and signs him to a uh, to a contract and the Lions do not match it then that team would have to give up a first-round draft pick. It's almost, um, like, not worth giving. <laughs> like, just here, take them, give us your first round. Yeah, I mean, that, and that's the thing, too, is if, if they end up losing Cliff Averill, uh, then... Yeah, I'll be, I'll be like, oh, It would suck, suck, but they get a first-round draft pick. And, and it, what if it was, like, Miami picking them up or Oakland? Then that would be awesome. That that would be that would that would be awesome, but you know especially what? now because of the new CBA, is you can't pay a rookie an arm for them to come. Exactly, and but you know what? I I, I would rather have them go out and sign Cliff Avery long term. Yes. Now another thing that they can do is they could give them that one year tender, which means after this season, 
he would be an unrestricted free agent. Um, now, that's walking on some dangerous ground a little bit, um, simply because if you tender him to that one-year deal this year, uh, if he comes out and he has a and he starts and he's hot to start the season, then what he's going to do is he's probably going to end up holding out. He's not going to want. He's going to want to test the free agent market at the end of the season, which wouldn't be good for the Lions. No, I would. I would say you either have to sign him long term or have someone pick him up. Uh, not sign him. I think that one year deal would not would be the worst case scenario, if, especially when he gets hot. And then we'll hold out. That that's just plain old fire right there. I could see I could see where you're getting at. Um, I guess what I like. I guess I wouldn't mind the one year tender if they continue to negotiate after that. If we see a long term deal come soon after that. So I mean, I, I I wouldn't like it if they if they take the one year tender to the to the regular season, and all of a sudden we're four games into the regular season and. Uh, Cliff Averill is, you know, getting a sack or a half a sack per game. Um, that's what that's when things would start to suck for the Lions. I mean, it wouldn't suck from that standpoint because Cliff Averill would be tearing things up, but he'd probably test free agency at the end of the season. Um, other than that, though, Eric, what Ryan are Ryan Longwell just signed with the Vikings? All right. Well, that should make Timmel happy from Grouty Radio that he has uh, that he's back with the Vikings because that's one of his favorite players in the league. Um, <coughs> another interesting though um, is the Lions also signed Dave Rayner to a contract, and the interesting thing about that is it seems like for the first time, Eric, in a long time, we're going to see some competition at the at the kicking position. Yeah, I mean, it's, how many kickers have the Lions had in like the last forty years? Like three. <laughs> Well, Jason Hansen has been there since, oh, my God. Jason Hansen has been the Lions kicker since you were just probably starting elementary school, Eric. Um, and I may have been, uh, and I think I was in middle school. Uh, so Jason Hansen has been a, has been a Lions kicker now for, for quite a while. And he is getting up there in age, definitely. I mean, he's, he's having some injury problems right now with the knee. Um, so Dave Rayner, they're bringing in Dave Rayner again to uh, to to give uh, to have some competition there at the kicking position. And I, you know what? I don't. I, I've I never you you should never have a problem with competition. No. Never, not not from a fan standpoint. That's what. good. Yeah, you should want competition at that at that standpoint. Um, uh, but what about some of these guys though, Eric? That the that the Lions could potentially be targeting here in the. Uh, as we uh, are in free agent frenzy right now in the NFL. The, well, the news that's coming out right now is what the Lions are going after hard, really hard, is linebacker Stephen Tolick. He's a Tennessee linebacker. There's reports that they've offered him an eight-figure guaranteed money. and Which is a, si- a signing bonus, yeah, essentially. Um, and and I, I think that... Steven Tolick right now, I almost want to say he's a musket for the Lions right now. Well, he's a musket from the standpoint that the, that the Lions need tremendous help uh, with their uh, with their secondary. Well, not yeah, their secondary, the but with linebacker. their linebackers. Uh, right now, if the season were to start today, you would have DeAndre Levy starting middle in the middle. Um, Bobby, Bobby Carpenter. Carpenter. Barbie Carpenter isn't signed. He's not. 
Oh, wait, that's right. He's a unrestricted free agent. So is... And um, then Ashley Palmer. I don't, I don't even know if Ashley Palmer signed. I was going to say, uh, I don't even think Churchill signed either. Ooh. Um, yeah. I know Follett signed, but there's Follett. no telling what Follett, if Follett's going to be ready when training camp starts. Just needs to drink some Jesus, dude. <laughs> She'll be fine. So the Lions definitely need, I mean, they need they need to get Tulloch. Yes. I think that is probably the first priority for the Lions um, heading into free agency here. And uh, then uh, cornerback help. They're going to get Namdi Asmoah. Nah, I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're going to go hard after Jonathan Joseph, I believe. Cornerback from uh, from Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Uh, what are your impressions of Jonathan Joseph, Eric? Um, he's got, he's, I want to say he's 6'1". He's got... He's got good size. I mean, he's not that elite corner, but he's better than anything we have right now. He's better than Chris Houston. He's better. He's he's. He's better than Nathan Vasher. <laughs> I quit. See you guys. <laughs> Anyone doesn't know about my feelings about Nathan Vasher, they should go back to an older episode about a couple months ago. I just went on a complete rant. <laughs> um, but, yeah. Um, <laughs> no, he's not better than Nathan Vash. Okay, I was just checking. Because Nathan Vash went to the Super Bowl with the Chicago Bears. That's right. That's right. <laughs> um, but, yeah, uh, Jonathan Joseph, though. Um, I, th- I think he's um, – I would be willing to say he's top ten corner in the league. I wouldn't say – I think the only – if you want to say – he's not elite. The, for me to say elite, you are – a one, once every ten years, and you're the best. Like you're either Nambi Asamoah or Darrell Rivas. Yeah, and and right now, I mean, what we're talking about with Stephen Tullock, what we're talking about right now with uh, with Jonathan or Jonathan Joe or Jonathan Joseph. Yeah, Jonathan Joseph, brain fart there. Still have my headache. Um, I mean, this is the reason why you don't you don't go out and get Nandi Asamoah. And so this you can is, sign both of them. Not so you just can sign, one. yeah. So you can sign both of them and not just one of them. Because if you go out and you get Nandi Asamoah, I know there's a lot of people out there saying, well, if you go out and get Nandi Asamoah, then you don't need linebackers. What? <laughs> you, yes, you what? do. Yes, you do need linebackers. Linebackers are the key to your defense. And then they're and then you you hear the same people. Well, you know they've got they've already got Nick Fairley and they've gotten Indamukong Sue. Okay. okay, first of all, Nick Fairley is unproven. We don't know what we're gonna get from Nick. Here, Fairley here's what's going gonna happen this. with that. They're gonna run. They're gonna crash the middle on that offensive line. Knock out those two ends, and who's gonna tackle them if we have no linebackers? If you have Adrian Peterson running right at you, and you have Vinny Churchu trying to tackle him, what's gonna happen? Run over him. Exactly. And then we're going to have Nathan Vasher going to cry up and come tackle him. What's going to happen? Nathan Vasher's going to be dead. He's probably going to... He's probably gonna, uh, he's Remember probably that gonna... scene from the Little Giants where he's, like, crushed in the field? Yeah. That's <laughs> what's going to happen. Um. You know what Namdi Asmoah is going to be? He's going to be on the other side of the field playing patty cake with Cindy Rice. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, yeah. I mean, that's, I mean that's, that's why... You know what? I was thinking about it, too. I would probably... I mean, as crazy as this may sound... I would actually kind of be disappointed if the Lions were to get Nandi Asamoah because I think it would be extremely irresponsible of them to do that simply because they wouldn't be able to go out there and fill other other big holes that this team needs. Yes. And we're not talking about guys that you know that they could get away with having. Like you know what? We were talking about this before we went on the air, Eric. 
the offensive line, they could get a they could they could roll with that offensive line this upcoming year yeah, they if ha- they had to. I mean, they ha- the, this offensive line it has good pass protection, it's pretty good pass protection. What they suck at is run blocking. It makes them a subpar offensive line. I'd say they're an average offensive line. I wouldn't say they're subpar. I'd say they're average. Uh, but I mean, that's an example of a of a team being able to get by with mediocre talent. The talent they have is as far as cornerbacks go and linebackers go. It's not there. It's non-existent. The only talent they have in this in linebackers is DeAndre Levy. I mean, I. Bobby Carpenter's a bust. He was a first-round draft pick by Dallas. He's a bust. Uh, and the secondary, you have Lewis Delmas. Can't do it by himself. He can't do it by himself, and he's not known for his coverage. He's known for his hitting, hitting ability. Yes. And then you have Alfonso Smith, who is solid at best. He you can't roll him. Out. You can't roll him out there. You really can't roll him out there as a starter. No, he's a he's a nickel. He's a dime coverage. He's a quarter coverage. He's the guy you bring in to take away that just extra little bit of the field. If, yep. you, if you if you put now you got me pissed off with Nate Mash. If you put <laughs> Alfonso Smith going against Sandy Ross, <laughs> Sandy Rice are any, any like good receiver. He's gonna get beat probably. Beat hard, like six, five times out of ten. Like beat like hard, like by at least like four steps. I agree. I agree. And you know, I mean, this is, and you know what? They still need to go out and sign some guys too for that offensive I mean, line. Too. And if we if we sign Jonathan Joseph and get Chris Houston, that's a, that's a very that's then, a very good that's a very good cornerback uh, corpse and, right there. And then you have Louis Delmas, and then you have Amari Spivey at safeties. Then you have, then you go out and sign Steven, Steven Tolick. You have DeAndre Levy on the weak side, and then you even you either go out and sign another free agent linebacker, such as like Barrett Rude, or you keep Bobby Carpenter on the strong side. I think that's that, a defense. That is a very it is, it is good, a good defense. It is, it is a good defense, absolutely. And this is and like I said, this is the reason why you don't you don't go out you and 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 put all your money up in. And Nandi And another thing I was disappointed about today was that the Seahawks were able to sign Robert Gallery, the right guard. He was an Oakland Raider. If the Lions were to get got Robert Gallery, then they got rid of Steven Peterman. And all of a sudden, you you reduce your penalties per game by you, <laughs> by you, probably like five. Yeah, and then <laughs> then if Mikel Short gets those two extra yards, this is a team now. This like. You think about that. I think you know you brought up you brought up Michaela Shore, and I just want to spend another couple minutes here on the Lions because I want to get into some U of M stuff before we uh, before we sign off for this week. I uh, I get what I what I saw what I've been seeing so far in free agency, Eric, is I think a reason why you don't go out and you draft a running back with that with a high pick in the draft because it's a two-back system now it's a two-back system but we're, we're we're seeing some running backs now hit the market we're seeing guys like marion barber hit the market we're seeing another we're going to be seeing reggie bush here hit the market we're going to be seeing a guy like uh brandon jacobs hit the market uh 
Frank Gore might even hit the market. Yeah, and I think that the Lions would have been better served running with Javid Best. They're younger, you know, they're younger, high pick from last year running back and a veteran. And then they get to keep that pick this past draft and use it for the secondary or use it as on a linebacker instead of having to draft a linebacker towards the end of the draft with a, with, with a pretty... They could have got like Casey Matthews with that pick. Well, they could have done something. I mean, and this is why I I don't believe they should have went out and used that those picks on offense. I think that was an, another irresponsible move by Martin Mayhew. I mean, I everybody knows I hate the Titus Young pick. I absolutely hate that. And then, then that Titus Young pick is another reason why... You don't go out and you 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 spend high picks on on wide receivers. Why? Because look who's look who hit the the free agent market in terms of wide receivers. You've got Steve Breston out there right now, who'd be very very serviceable. You've got Plexico out there, who I think is going to come back and have a and have a pretty good year this year, even after missing what he did miss for being in prison. You want to hear something funny? Um. But yes, like the Madden NFL news, they have like their free agency forecast. Guess who they have the Lions picking up? Don't say Roy Williams. Uh, no, oh hell no. Was... They, they have them picking up Stephen Tolick. Okay. And Namdi Are you serious? <laughs> Wait, what is this on? It's uh, it's I just picked it up on the their Facebook page. On whose Facebook page? It's the Madden free agency forecast. Oh my god! I'm dead serious. I'm looking at it right now. Is that who most people who play with the Lions in Madden or who they're gonna go look and get, look to get this off season in in the video game? Because that's a video game move. It's fitting that that came from a Madden this is Facebook like, page. This is like when you turn off the salary cap. Like oh, absolutely! That is that is utterly ridiculous, right there. You know what? On that note, we're gonna switch gears here. We're gonna switch. We're gonna we're gonna switch. You killed the Lions talk, Eric. <laughs> hey, Nathan Bash is still with us, though. Okay, let's switch gears here real quick. We have about we have about eight minutes to uh, to discuss the Michigan Wolverines here. Um, we we did talk a little bit about stuff last week with uh, with Brady Hoke and whether or not he is on the hot seat in a in a figurative sense, not a literal sense that he's going to be fired if he doesn't perform this year. Now, I wrote an article over on annabird.themajors.net, which you can go check out. It's still there, um, where I talked about Brady Hoke. And I, was, and I was kind of going off an Adam Rittenberg article from ESPN.com where he was discussing whether or not Brady Hoke was on the hot seat to win this season. And again, not necessarily because he's going to get fired, but because, you know, the season, this, up, this upcoming year for Michigan is very, very light. It's very, very light. You've got you've got you've got a you've got a weak non-conference that you're going up against, and you've got a you've got a relatively serviceable um, conference schedule coming up. Now we picked we said Eric that there's no reason why the the Wolverines can't go seven and five this upcoming season. Now judging from what happened, who, who they get matched up against in their bowl game, you know that's still yet to be seen. But I believe that there's no reason for them not to go seven and five. This upcoming year, um, and Brady Hoke is on the hot seat in that sense. I'm not saying he's going to get fired if he doesn't go seven and five, but things are going to start getting a little bit heated in Ann Arbor if he doesn't if he doesn't come out and perform. If he comes out and has a rich rod type of first year, what, go two and ten. Yeah, then you better watch out. 
or even if he finishes sub 500, I think you better watch out because Michigan fans they're pissed. They're, they are pissed. I mean, they're not going to they're not going to settle for that anymore. They're not going to settle for what Rich Rod brought in. And what's going on? And what's going on as far as recruiting? Because Michigan has 21 recruits now. 21 recruits for 2012. That 2012 schedule is brutal, both non-conference and conference. It's very, very <laughs> brutal. And this is the reason why you brought in Brady Hoke this past season. I mean, for everybody out there still hanging on to to the Rich Rod, to the Gary. Rich Rod era, yeah. Especially Gary. I see he's on Facebook right now. Hopefully, he's listening in. We're calling you out, Gary. <laughs> But this is why you get rid of uh, you get rid of um, Rich Rod this past season and bring in a new coach, so they could do exactly this right now. Seven three four two five nine four nine four one. You can text in at seven three four two seven three nine nine eight two. Eric, as far as this season goes, Michigan fans still shouldn't be hoping for a division title. Now, especially with Nebraska yes. in their own division. Or, the a conf- or a conference title, I meant. Yeah, yeah. It, it, with Nebraska <laughs> now in here, Ohio State is still there is still Ohio State. They still have all those top-flight players. They're going to lose to Ohio State. They're going to lose to Michigan State. They're going to lose to Nebraska. They're going to lose to Wisconsin. Wisconsin. And they're going to lose to Iowa. Those are the teams that they're going to lose to this season. Yes. I think – oh, and wait a second. I think I might have mentioned one because I think I have them losing to Notre Dame too. Oh, so yeah. I, don't, I don't think that they're playing Wisconsin. I don't think they're playing Wisconsin. Yeah, I don't think they're playing Wisconsin this year. Um, it's so weird not to saying that. It is kind of weird. Um, but yeah, I, I think that because I think Notre Dame. I know everybody says it every year. I think Notre Dame's going to be good this year because Brian Kelly is one <laughs> hell of a coach. Absolutely. Um, but as far as this season goes, Eric, what what do Michigan fans have to look forward to? The future. I mean, they've got they've got Troy Wolfolk coming back this um, season, so I mean that's going to help out their secondary a little bit. Not seeing that bomb, Greg Madden, Greg <laughs> Robinson on the sideline with his little flag. Is there any? I mean, obviously Denard Robinson, he was picked to uh, be the offensive player of the like year the by the, the media, he's like the most electrifying. Like every time he touches the ball, he has a home run threat. But he also has. I want to see. I want to see him perform in the conference, though. Yes. I want him to see. I want to see him perform against against. Non cupcake teams. Yes, that's what I want to see. That's what I want to see uh, Denard Robinson do, because I still think Denard Robinson is a tad overrated. I agree, but like when he, it's it's if you're looking at someone to hang your hat on, watch those non conference games when Denard Robinson gets like 600 yards. Another good thing too is Michigan has a kicker this year too, so they're not going. Oh have, yeah, they're, they're not they're gonna, not going to have to go for it. Where they're make shit shit. Yeah, they're not going to have to go for it when they're uh, when they're inside the twenty and it's fourth and ten. So that that's good news. Um, what about any other players? Um, obviously, there's Mike Martin. Obviously, again, there's Mike Martin. I actually, <coughs> I actually, when I was in uh, back in high school, and I was doing shot put. I actually threw against him. Oh, did you? Yeah. Did you lose? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, like, I, like, like, the ref that was actually, like, measuring the vector lines and everything, he's like, yeah, don't throw so hard because you're going to have to go get your own shot because we're not getting it. That's what they told uh, yeah, Mike Martin. Yeah, he would throw it so far that it would be in the non-groomed grass <laughs> and it would just sink. <laughs> that's, well, that, that's literally, then when I was at Michigan football camp, 
he he set the bench record for the of all time at that Michigan camp. Yeah, de- yeah, Mike Martin's definitely a stud. He's a freak. He is a freak. <laughs> He's a stud. So that and that's another good thing that Michigan has going from this season. Um, what's the running back situation though, like uh, Eric? There's no big names. There's no like, like there's no one you can really, really hang your hat on. Like there's like Mike Hart, where you knew he would never fumble unless mm-hmm. you played Florida in the last game. <laughs> um, it's really, it's really going to be a balanced attack. I mean, like it's not going to be like here you're going to hand it off every play and you know he's going to get. Or the running back is Denard Robinson. Yeah, I mean it's going to mostly be. It's in the next couple of years I see them getting that nice power back where they just pound, 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 pound. Well, they did get it. I think they're they're targeting right now a power back from Catholic Central. Um, you can go check out that name on, on annarbor.themajors.net. Um, but, like, really what I would like, like, <coughs> the, the one thing that Michigan fans have to hope for besides a kicker is their new defensive coordinator, Greg, Greg Madison. Madison. Yep. And this is a guy. This is a legitimate defensive coordinator coming in too. Yeah, and uh, Lamar Woodley actually came out and said that Greg Madison's defense is a Michigan defense. Yep, absolutely. Um, what about? I mean, uh, I mean, we're almost out of time here, Eric. But I mean, as far as Denard Robinson goes, uh, obviously last year things worked out really well for him because he was able to run out of the shotgun yeah. with a spread offense. I mean, this year, I mean, he's going to be he's going to be playing more under center you would think under of a uh, under a pro style offense because you gotta you gotta figure they're gonna be running the eye formation sometime i actually i almost want to say this kind of helps him because when he's in shotgun you like all the time they can put it just put a spy on him but now it's like he can drop back he can drop run yeah he can drop back he can run it's not like he's just gonna be standing back there and the linebacker's just reading him like the linebacker's gonna be reading the running back coming out now if they're running split backs, it, it, this uh, uh, a solely shotgun threat is not a is not a good offense if you're not Oregon. If you're not Oregon, <laughs> pretty much, because with Oregon they just breed shotgun players. They breed the spread players over there. Well, I always, I mean, I always said that that I mean that was the real way to run the That's spread right. offense. In Oregon, I mean that's. I mean, when you got five receivers there, six like, like over six three. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, abs- absolutely. It's speed demons. Absolutely. Um, as far as uh, as far as running some other uh, some other options at quarterback, uh, and then they have um, why am I drawing a blank right now? The quarterback from do I want to say Romulus or Troy? Inkster. Inkster. Um. Can't think of his name right now. Devin Gardner. Devin Gardner. Um, but yeah, I mean, this guy. I mean, this guy's primed to be the guy. Uh, do you think Devin Gardner? I mean, this is this guy's more of a pro style quarterback or fit for running the pro style offense here. I, I mean, would almost want to say that they would start Devin. I think I, this. Is, I don't. If I was coaching, saw everything that was going on. Like in my mind, I would put Devin Gardner at quarterback and put Denard Robinson at running running back. And all honestly, have Denard gain some, just start having him eat with the offensive linemen, gain some bulk. Oh, you know what? You know what I would do? I would, I would put both of them in the backfield. I'd line both of them up as a running back. Why not? Oh, and, and other news talking about quarterbacks. Guess for Tater Tots now. Oh, San Jose State. He is a Spartan. 
Yeah. Who would have thought that? Um, but yeah. Uh, tater tat. Yup. Is a uh, is he's a San Jose smart. He's a San Jose. St- I think. You San know how Jose good State. that school is. Uh, how good are they, Eric? <laughs> Zero and twelve. <laughs> <laughs> All right. There you go. Tater tat should bring in some wins for them. I don't think so. Um, <laughs> other than that, though, I'm, I want to close out um, the show this week uh, saying that. Chris Osgood, Chris Draper, both uh, both ha- both hanging it up um, during this past week when we were gone. Uh, Chris Draper retired this past Tuesday. Um, actually, no, this past Monday after 17 seasons in the uh, with the Red Wings, I believe 20 seasons in the NHL. Um, and this is no joke. People think that this is a joke sometimes, but the Red Wings literally got Chris Draper for one dollar from the old Winnipeg Jets. Now that has to be the best single dollar that any organization has ever spent on one player. Uh, he went on to win a Selkie Award. Um, I want to say what, four Stanley Cups. Four Stanley Cups, uh, Selkie Award for the best two-way forward in the league. Um, this guy was amazing. The grind line. The grind line with him, Joey Kosher, Derek McCarty, Kirk Malpe. Uh, he he was a he was an, he was the the prototypical role player on this team. He was he, you could put him out there and ask him to do anything. He was great on faceoffs, awesome on the on the penalty kill. Um, when you would put him and Draper out there on the pe- or Draper and Kirk Malpe out on the penalty kill, um, there was always that threat of 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 getting a shorthanded goal when they were both on the ice on the penalty kill. Love those two guys on the penalty kill. Chris Draper is going to take some type of front office job with the Red Wings. Uh, Chris Draper, I, you know, just a, just a stand-up guy, uh, total team guy. When you talk about a team guy, this is a team guy, was Chris Draper. And it, it, not somebody like Brandon Inge. You know, Chris Draper is a true team guy. Even, you know, I'm going to go ahead and bring it back to football, too. KVB, KVB is a team guy. You know what he said? If you need me to call free agents, I'll call free agents. I'll call free agents for you. But Jim Schwartz doesn't have to go camp out in someone's house. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but back to hockey, though, real quick. I mean, that's. I mean, Chris Draper, obviously, like I said, the prototypical role-playing type of player, hard worker. Chris Draper, I think, when he was on the ice, he was the hardest worker on the ice, without a doubt. He had a, he had a motor that wouldn't quit. So Red Wings. I mean, it's it's definitely sad to see him, and it and it kind of makes me feel old because I remember I remember Chris Draper when he was when he was extremely young. I have his autograph up there in this room somewhere. Um, but uh, the other guy, Chris Osgood, retires a couple weeks ago, um, wins three Stanley Cups with the Red Wings, um, two where he was the actual starter um, back in '98 and 2008. Uh, but Chris Osgood, uh, obviously the numbers speak for themselves with him. 400 career wins, I believe 401 career wins, one of only 10 goalies in, nation, in the National Hockey League to ever do that. Uh, I think a lock for the Hall of Fame. Not a first ballot guy, definitely on the second ballot though. Um, our fan question I posed this past week or tonight was, should Chris Osgood have his number retired by the Wings? You ask me, I think it should be, considering what type of player Chris Osgood was. Very, very underrated player. I think Chris Osgood was extremely disrespected in this town on very, very, on, on many occasions. 
Um, I think that Chris Osgood was the Rodney Dangerfield of goalies because he simply didn't get any respect in this town. Uh, <laughs> but Chris Osgood just very, very underappreciated. And it seemed like the Red Wings were consistently trying to get rid of him or replace him. Uh, you know, back in the back in the mid '90s, they went out and they got Mike Vernon, which ended up being a good move because Mike Vernon did lead them on to get a to Stanley Cup victory. And you could argue that Chris Osgood maybe wasn't ready for that role yet. In '98, he ended up winning a Stanley Cup as the starting goalie for the Wings. And even after that, they tried to replace him. Um, they replaced him in, in 2001 when they went out and they got uh, Dominic Hasek to come in here. Dominic, another good move. Oh, no, it was it. it was